0: Welcome to BitStorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me as always is Trevor Scott! Hello!
1: Hello, Trevor, and welcome. Welcome to this edition of BitStorm, episode number 222. That's two for 22. (laughs) 222, 222.
0: Um, it's our... No, I was going to say it's our second palindromic number in a while, but that's not true. Uh, it's our second all the same digit number in a while. Yeah. Um, so, that's fun. Right. What are we doing? Trevor, tell us <laughs> about the podcast that we're on.
1: Uh, see, our usual random word generator went down about or oh, five weeks ago. Uh, still hasn't come back. So, we're now on what 3 com, where some clever bastard has has carved up the world into three meter chunks and has decided to give each of them a th- well three words that that locate that one chunk somewhere in the world. So we're using those three three words to come up with game designs
0: yep we click around randomly find some that uh, make a good prompt and we design a game based off it So Benjamin, where are you this this week and what three words do you have? Uh, I'm somewhere in Auckland, Mm -hmm. uh, New Zealand. And uh, the first set of words I have, courier raft bricks.
1: Ooh, courier raft bricks. Is this courier having to carry bricks across a river to the other side and can only leave, you know, types of bricks over the other side? Otherwise they eat each other. That's what that puzzle <laughs> is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's got
0: a pile of bricks, a pile of brick-eating bricks, and a pile of uh, brick-eating, brick-eating bricks, and... No, I don't... <laughs> no, uh, where I was going was, have you played... Um, have you played Raft? The game Raft?
1: Yes. Well, I've seen it, I haven't yeah. played it, I don't own it.
0: Yeah. I, I was picturing sort of along those lines, except instead of... In that game, you're you pretty much just like... Going around randomly You can get sales and start Getting direction and stuff but it's mostly About building up the raft <laughs> But uh, what I had In mind is something Sort of similar where you're still sort of Upgrading your raft in different ways but instead You're going around a flooded City like this is after You know the climate Disasters and it's some Huge city where the the Oceans have risen so much that essentially, like the bottom, you know, seven stories of every building are underwater.
1: Okay, but can can I just add this one little thing that sure. it also happens to be Venice? <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it is it was already Venice. It's just now seven stories, the water is seven stories higher.
1: Or what it, whatever it is to make it to make the bridges pretty much useless, but the the buildings sort of. Still high enough. I kind of like the idea that, yeah, they just want to bring the water down just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Does Venice have like like, tall
0: enough buildings? Because I was picturing like skyscraper kind of thing, or at least enough buildings that were still sticking out of the water, right? That you've got kind of got these settlements and these different
1: things, and they they've, okay, they've so, started so, to
0: build sections between the different buildings yeah. that are at the water level. Okay, sort of
1: so thing. let's let's put let's put aside Venice because that was just that was gagging. I was I was doing in in <laughs> in, in improv. Um, when you gag, you kind of kill the scene. I kind of killed the mood of that a little bit. Okay, so it's New York City. Seven stories high. So you've now known as
0: New Venice.
1: Yeah, New Venice. Uh, New Venice City. So are these buildings, like, did they know early enough so that they could actually waterproof the buildings? Some of them. Because I like the idea of. Are you
0: talking about, like, going into the buildings and then going below the city? And then going below
1: Below the road, as it were. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I like that. I think that there are some buildings where there's just pockets underneath that are still dry. There are some that, yeah, for whatever reason, they'd managed to, to prepare. And so you've got, yeah, like seven plus stories even down to below Earth, like below the surface of the Earth still, you know, essentially the old road level um, into basements and stuff. Uh Yeah, I kind of like that idea as... Away then. So you've sort of got two, two things you're doing. You're, you've got your raft. Yep. And I think you do play. Well, I think maybe. I'm sort of feeling this is either a full RPG, like there could be a good setting just for an RPG, or a more procedurally generated kind of um, thing where
1: it's a bit more systems based. Given that we did say New Venice City, I think the idea of having it been a full RPG. Our uh, your your Skyrim's makes a little bit more sense because yeah your your buildings are almost going to be you know recreated the actual yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Ru- no, rather, like than, rather than
1: rather than being you know procedurally generated like just a random city that you could have any sort of building that that sort of comes up you know you just say I want here but in this case you, you actually-, actually say oh <clears throat> we're going over to the Empire State Building now and it's like mm-hmm. then when you get mm-hmm. there it's like that happens to be one of the buildings that they didn't do all the um oh yeah all the all the you know the waterproofing, uh, the waterproofing. And, and so it's actually eating away at the foundations and that building is is going to like disintegrate collapse, sort of thing essentially collapse. yeah yeah,
0: yeah I, I like i like that as a full rpg i feel like it's a new sort of environment that you don't often have uh obviously you've got your raft which then yes i think you can you can upgrade different aspects of it. You can, you know, do different things to either make it faster or stronger or, you know, weaponry. I don't know. Are there, like, bandits out there on their own, you well, know, Well, call them what they're supposed and, to be called. Pirates. They're, they're basically-
1: uh, no, w- they're they're wet bandits. <laughs> <laughs> Again, a gag and he just killed the scene. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's it's called a joke, Trevor. Learn how it works. <laughs> uh, no, that was good. That was that was that was right off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: we've done enough, Kevin McAllister, for this year. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, I think I like that as a full RPG, and then yeah, essentially you've got these different settlements that are at key key places. Whether it's a, a few buildings that they had waterproofed, and so you've got like multiple levels where people live um i you could really sort of explore the ideas around like who's forced to live below the sea level like which is presumably dangerous, and you know they're kind of they're responsible for having to keep like plug any leaks and make sure that the building
1: is still uh water sealed and that sort of thing oh um, I'm imagining that there's actually some like really nasty creatures down at at like road level. Mm. Mm-hmm. so when you when you actually get down there, like they they um well, you go up to one of the windows and you're sort of looking out and something comes right at you, hits the window, and the window cracks <sighs> yeah, and that'd then you then you've got the the escape sequence of as the water level's actually rising behind you, and you kind of got that that whole titanic thing of oh my god, oh my God, the ship's going down, the water level's rising. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, I am thinking of this as like an action RPG, essentially. So, you'll have those sorts of moments as, as part of a quest line, basically. Yeah. But, yeah, with the ability, obviously, ton of side quests around just different stories, different
1: little stories you can tell about how people are surviving this and- um, I'm looking forward you know, different to- Different things that are going on. When you actually find out what caused the sea level to rise this high- that, like, this is actually the same way across the entire world. Basically, no one can fly oh, yeah. anywhere because, like, all airplanes and and stuff were were completely underwater, and only the richest people had the helicopters. So, you know, and the uh, air,
0: airline, uh, the uh, carriers, what do you yeah, call them? Aircraft
1: carriers, but aircraft carriers. All they've, all they've got <laughs> is jets. They don't have passenger liners. <laughs>
0: no, 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 no. Yeah, for sure. So, yes, you're essentially isolated in that traveling far means going by boat uh or, yes, potentially helicopter. But even then, like, refueling and, like, there's a lot of issues around that and limited fuel uh because it's kind of hard to, like, continue mining for <laughs> fossil fuels or yep. different things. So... But then again, they manage uh, well, you know, it when, when
1: they're getting oil underwater. So, why couldn't they manage it when you know, I guess, the Texas I oil you'd, you'd, fields are underwater as well?
0: I think you'd lose a lot of your infrastructure um, to be able to, like, continue that going, I feel like. Uh, so, yeah. But again, I like the idea then of exploring the different ways that different groups have adapted to different energy sources, whether it's just, what you know, using solar or hydro in that, you know- <laughs> um different things there uh enslaving some of the new sea creatures that have found their way <laughs> into the <laughs> into the city yeah my boat's whale powered <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh god that's kind of scary um okay i'm i'm really liking this i'm just imagining that like you could have then you know some dlc that sort of ends up in other parts of the other parts of, you know, the landmass that used to be called America, uh, where, mm-hmm. you know, Colorado and the Rocky Mountains, they're quite high up. So, you've got a lot of landmass, but it's now just this huge island that sort of
0: oh, sits yeah. there.
1: And then you've got, you know, some other um, mountains along the way that are...
0: Or go up, to like, go up to, like, Canada, where you've got a lot of mountains up there, but also, like... Then you've still got a lot of ice left, like a lot of the ice is melted, but there are still you know floating ice sheets and and different things that are they're not they're not re- they're not attached to the poles anymore they're but they're still kind of floating around in that area and they become hazards or they become habitats or they become you yep. know you could play with that a lot too um yeah, I definitely like the idea of exploring how different parts of the world have have dealt with it
1: yeah um i mean i 've been playing as you know a bit of dead rising lately so i'm i 'm picturing you know these these sort of every time that you go into a building you can sort of have the the mobs looking a little bit different and you know they can somewhat be brainless and and you know you don 't necessarily have to have you know these are the these are the um, like nPCs here you can actually populate it with a few more people you can only. You know, talk to yeah x number of people. yeah
0: yeah. I think well, and I think every every RPG or every action game needs its cannon fodder, right? So we can have a zombie like sort of we call them we call them the waterlogged, Ooh. and uh, I like
1: that. Um, they are people who so have I'm- gone see see. Well, crazy no, I, I think you you actually find out that there's parasitic organisms within within the um, water that when mm-hmm. when enough seawater is swallowed basically they um they take over the brain.
0: <laughs> right. So these are the people who who got so desperate that they had to try you know they drowned, to filter seawater like, or
1: you know Right. You know, you yes you're breathing it in, but it's still water. It's like it's still ingesting it somewhat. And Okay.
0: Okay, no, I like that. So it's those it's those types of parasites that like get into the brains of ants and tell them to crawl to the top of grass so that they can be eaten by birds and spread even further. Yeah, but yes, they essentially were they were unlocked from the ice caps or something like they'd been frozen there for yeah. s- for millennia. And that, that- and now they now they've spread throughout the depths of the ocean, basically. I,
1: I'm just imagining. You know, you're walking down the bottom of of like one of the buildings, and you walk outside, and you're looking outside, and you see these people walking along the bottom,
0: walking along the surface of the
1: yeah. They oh, that's a
0: fucking good image. They're just like walking along the street, yeah, that is now obviously completely <laughs> underwater. That's super creepy. Like, you could do a really good set piece the first time you see some where, yeah, it's like this big, thick glass window of this building. It's managed to stay. They've managed to keep it sealed this whole time. And you've got these people just slowly walking down the street as if they're not underwater.
1: <laughs> I, I'm just imagining because they're, you know, they're no longer bloated. They're no- the they're, they're the waterlogged, you know, they're they're actually-
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think they look like- you know what a drowned body would look like.
1: Oh, I'm just, I'm just now picturing that you occasionally come across like um, a someone who was like um, had that old mob thing of you know concrete shoes, and they get you know dropped <laughs> dropped in the water. Basically, that's how that's how they they deal with a lot of a lot of punishments. But these people actually, you know, they get the they parasite in, parasite and then. See- you know, they somewhat, you know, rip their legs out or whatever, and they're still sort of like moving along. And you see, like some con- uh, some concrete shoes as such, just with only the shoes and like the bits of leg in them. And it's like they've torn their they've legs torn off. Torn their legs off. Yeah. And it's like
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's creepy. Uh, yes, I love it. Yes, very much. Yes, uh, there is a lot of potential in that. World, yeah, uh, I really like that, and um, I, d- I
1: just love the idea of exploring a city, and and you know you can have like you could actually do that whole thing of here's some procedurally generated side missions that happen, but then here yeah. are where the where the where the main missions occur, the main quests, and, yeah, and the main could, quests occur at like the like, main buildings that you're expecting, yeah. Yeah, you can throw in essentially you know
0: different sorts of fetch quests or like kill quests um to to mix it up a bit and and it, you know you can still add some some nice story bits around them but just the destinations are different every time or the the types of enemies you come
1: across. Yeah, and then you then you got your set pieces in which you're going to introduce the waterlogged and then you're going to introduce yeah. you know These other things.
0: Well, the different factions that are around... Basically, uh, as you go through the game,
1: like, if you go through it all without unlocking all the story modes, then or unlocking all the story missions then you're not going to be coming up against the waterlogged until you know a lot later on but if you go through some of the ha- some of the heavy hitting story missions then you're mm-hmm. going to get waterlogged everywhere like yeah well that's it you adapt the enemies that they're fighting in the side missions and stuff even
0: to like what parts of the story they've seen and that yep. sort of thing yeah well i like the i like the variety then that you can have where you know okay you might have some bits where you're going down deep into a sealed building that, and yeah, like it breaks or there's, or there's some levels that are flooded and you're having to deal with the waterlog coming up from there. Um, or, you know, in some places you're going up a building, um, where it's all the above air stuff and you, and that's where you're getting, then they're just like minions of, of a particular criminal faction or, uh, different things that you've got there. Yeah, You've got
1: the mafia guys, Uh, you've got all these other things that you can be coming across. I mean,
0: people taking advantage of, of the, the situation, right? Uh, and then you've got all the actual surface, like water surface-based stuff on your raft and that sort of thing. Like, I'm thinking you can have raft combat.
1: I've got to say that there. that awesome mission going through Wall Street and just beating the shit out of all the all like the all like the the, the Wall Street stock guys. Like Melt's. that was that yep. was a great mission. Oh, sorry. I've, I've, yeah, this is me in the future um, where I've played the game now, and yeah, that was my favorite mission. What was your favourite mission? Yeah, well, look, Future it's just ben?
0: cathartic. It's just cathartic. Um, look, my my favourite mission um, was the one where you you basically climb onto the head of the Statue of Liberty, which is like the only thing that's still above the surface, yep. basically. And uh, you, you're taking pot shots at the the squid creatures from there. You basically yep. got to defend, defend that place as they sort of swarm up upon you. I really wasn't um, you know, expecting. Taking shots from between her, her like, crown yeah. thing. Is it a yeah, yeah, it's a
1: crown. Um, I really wasn't expecting at the end of that for the flame to actually light up. But, you know.
0: It- oh, and that was just a great ending to it. And, yeah. And that's, that's obviously and that, what scares that, away all the squid creatures and you're safe again.
1: That, yeah. marks off the, that marks off the next part, which everyone looks out towards the Statue of Liberty and they see this, this flame that's just sort of this shooting off. Mm. A beacon of hope. So anyway, let let's send us back to back to past Trevor and Ben. And I've uh,
0: got to love when we can use that time travel to really actually see how a game idea came out. Anyway, Trevor,
1: what three words? <laughs> Daring lion race. Oh, by the way, this is this is from England. So. You can actually take these words, and you can see where we're actually going to. You can search these words, yeah. Daring, just, lion, yeah. and racing. You'll see exactly where I am in London.
0: Should we start using the actual location to also drive the game? Like, should this game be no. set in London?
1: Because <laughs> every game that for me will be set in London, and every game for you will be set in Auckland. Like,
0: I mean, yeah, it's just a theme for the episode.
1: No. All right. Then we don't get daring you in
0: ra- <laughs> Daring Lion Race. Yeah. I mean, it could have been Auckland. Uh, <laughs> they've got a Statue of Liberty, right? <laughs> uh, daring Lion Race. I mean, there's a, oh, that's what, what, what were pretty we, descriptive. What were we going to
1: do with the Statue of Liberty? Uh, oh, was that something that future Trevor and Ben mentioned?
0: Yeah, weren't you listening? Oh, you check out oh,
1: No, we call the future. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing the editing this week So you'll understand <laughs> what they're talking about <laughs> <laughs> Alright,
0: Daring Lion Race um, are, we, are these full on like actual lions racing Or is this more of a metaphorical kind of lion are, 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 Is our race team the Daring Lions
1: Yeah, I kind of like that I kind of like this as, as like a A Mad Max-esque sort of Race around the world, sort of like a oh a round like a the world race in or a- eighty days sort of thing, where you you're basically you got different legs of the race. Well, it's almost an amazing race sort of thing, except this is in mm-hmm. like post apocalyptic times. So as you're doing, this is things- the
0: opposite of the last game. Now there's no
1: water and everything's dry and desert. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, no,
0: I think there's still oceans
1: and stuff. Yeah, but- I. I- I don't know. We, you, we could just go. This is an amazing race-style thing in which you're you're sort of doing a scavenger hunt across across the entire world.
0: Yeah. Well, I like that as a as a kicking off point. And yes, I think the the theme there or the setting is what will make that really interesting. Yeah. So yes, like we could go sort of Mad Max apocalyptic. We could go just general kind of the future just to make that interesting and explore different things yeah, that could I, be... Yeah, I do
1: like the idea of the future because you could have, you know, sort of like portal technology in which you, as you're racing, you know, you go through a portal and you end up in, in like another country and you, <laughs> you're sort of racing around. And
0: So is this systems-based or story-based? Because if you're literally doing the whole world, it's going to be challenging obviously to... Just put stuff in place that seems like you're actually traveling the world.
1: Um, I, I think you could have it that um, it's somewhat systems-based in that, you know, you sort of do a desert area, you do a, a rainforest area, and you just say where you are sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to a city, you know, you can change it up each city that you're sort of in.
0: Yeah. So, is this- is it mostly a racing game then, or is it more around- exploring and finding solutions to puzzles and stuff
1: yeah i kind of like it as as i was saying a scavenger hunt in the fact that mm. you know that okay the clue was you know largest bird in the world or something like that is is seen seen here and you know it it somehow works out to be an emu so you know you've got to go to australia so you flick the portal over to australia and you've you fly down here and you get to some emu farm and it's like you get the next the next clue that takes you elsewhere.
0: Right. That- okay. Could this be something that where we like crowdsource
1: different puzzles and then sort of
0: put them all together into one run of the game, essentially?
1: Okay, so you're saying that when we put this out on Kickstarter, one of the one of the levels is that you get to Put some put some um some puzzle stuff together.
0: Uh that could be one way of doing it. I was more literally thinking of like built into the game is a way
1: to like submit puzzles. Yeah, but then we've got to bring out our old technology that we haven't thought about in like a hundred and fifty episodes. Okay. Do you remember what the old technology Which- was? <laughs> no. To get rid of all the dick and <laughs> <laughs> The dick and swear words and pedophilia Whatever, we'll stuff. Just leave like, them in. No.
0: Well, You need to
1: put a filter on all this stuff because, do you remember what happened? Do you remember what happened when Microsoft put out their bloody AI person that was like, "You can, you can talk with me, and you know, I'll respond," and within within a day it was shouting it was like all racist and, and saying racist shit everywhere so let's not do yeah, that but
0: no but i what <laughs> the reason i the reason i went that way is for the variety of it right because i feel like if you're literally trying to create enough puzzles to make this an interesting scavenger hunt across the entire planet mm-hmm. that is too much content for one small dev team uh So, you you would have to have some sort of, like, rating system and filter, which would Mm -hmm. also be crowdsourced in some way. Kind of like a Mario Maker sort of thing
1: where- Here is how we can- This is how we can actually make sure that we've got enough of the world actually textured out. We we build an AI that takes all the Google Street Cam images Mm -hmm. and converts it into 3D.
0: I mean, yeah. So, then that's all done.
1: Like you basically do what Microsoft Flight Simulator did recently, yeah, yeah. right? Well, yeah, you yeah. just on the you just on the road instead. Um, so you basically do you do that, and you know anywhere that you got to kind of go in and, and fix it up a little bit, you can do that. Um, for puzzles and that sort of stuff, you kind of just there's got to be some way that you can Google a lot of these places, and you just you you write some simple AI that goes out and you know does a Google image search for or. Some sort of Google search for I wanna find out this particular thing for a popular- So we use
0: we use the Google knowledge graph
1: mm-hmm. to essentially map puzzles. Based based on based on simple information, like this is the biggest fairest wheel in the world and you sort of go, oh, the London Eye, so you go off to you go off to London and you know yeah. There's got to be enough information out there in the world. It's sort of like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? But you're not looking for Carmen San Diego. You're looking for scavenger hunt clues. <laughs> where in the world is Jeeves? Um, <laughs> it's basically GeoGuessr. Have you, have you seen GeoGuessr? But it's in- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. All right. I'm on board with that. That's fine. We've solved the problem with how many puzzles we can get. Uh, so is this about then? Like, if you, if that, if that's the question, like, what is the biggest Ferris wheel in the world? And you're like, oh, the London Eye. It's like, okay, you go to London, and then you get there, and they're like, no, nah, they just they built one in the United Arab Emirates, and
1: it's three times the size. And you're like, fuck, have you just wasted all that time? Like, is you've it wasted around- that time, but at least we had the smarts to tell you that you got it wrong and you got an extra clue to give you an idea of where to go next, you know, and it's basically yeah, the okay. clue only comes in, like, a Google Google search terms, um, just to make this so much easier. But effectively, you can then switch your portal, which, you know, it's inbuilt in your so car. So where's,
0: chal- where's the challenge then? Like, if you can just portal everywhere. Yeah. Is that still, like, does
1: the amount of, it doesn't take Groundy you to- cover, It doesn't take you to the eye, London. It takes you to London, and then you got to navigate around London getting to the fucking eye. Okay. So this whole game is just an ad for Google Maps um, <laughs> and Google's <laughs> knowledge graph.
0: It's like, you know what? You know what this game is? It's going to be entirely contained within a,
1: within one of the Google doodles for one day. And then 100%. it's going forever. 100%. Yep cool um love it it, it's kind of it's kind of like that um dinosaur game where if you if you're ever offline, you just log into google maps and you can play this game and it's fully 3d but it only works when you're offline
0: So it's good. So one day (laughs) one day the file size of Google Chrome somehow (laughs) you know is is like (laughs) ten times as big for no apparent reason and nobody notices why until Uh, they lose their internet and realise, oh, there's this entire game with basically the whole relevant parts of the Google Knowledge Graph and Google Maps (laughs) built into Chrome now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it gets an update every, you know, every time it updates. So, yeah, it's great. Yeah, totally. All right. I love it. Okay.
0: I'm going to give you some words. Opens cool tapes.
1: So, set in the 1980s. It, okay. Par- partially. Partially. Okay. Why partially? Because my- Well, because
0: my initial thing was that part of the story or the kicking off point of the story is someone now opening the tapes that their father or grandfather- like Recorded. Tapes, recorded. Yes. Yes.
1: Okay so it's that that typical framing device of they open it up and they start listening to the tape and then it plays through the adventure that's going through in the background.
0: Yes. And so yes, basically you're exactly. now,
1: you're now the grandfather/father slash playing through, you know, the uh, Nathan Drake-esque adventure, you know, I'm just saying and 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 the um you know, the future grandchild or future child is literally going, "Oh my god, these are cool tapes." Like all these, all these stories are so fantastical. <laughs> yeah. How the hell could well, this I think, ever happen? Well, I
0: think this- I think- I was thinking the music was involved. So, I think, like- and it makes me feel so fucking old that now we have to say that if it's involving cassette tapes, then it might be a grandfather. But realistically- Yeah. <laughs> that they were in, like, a punk band.
1: You do realise that there are some 40-year-old grandfathers out there.
0: No, I know. This is it's my scary.
1: point.
0: <laughs> yeah. We had Um, kids late. (laughs) uh, So, yes. um, I think your father or grandfather, whatever we want to go, or or mother or grandmother, for that matter, let's not overly gender it initially, they were in a punk band. Uh, And it's not all just their music. Mm -hmm. There are these other aspects of, you know, they were recording, you know, during the rehearsals, you get in between stuff or they were recording different, you know, they went out to a, a diner and they had the... Their little tape deck running or whatever, and and obviously you don't necessarily like not all the bits you play are while the tape is running. It's just they they're kicked off. See, by I, these I saw tapes this as tunnel.
1: as almost like those those sort of like cassette tapes that you're from a dictaphone or something like that. So not Longo. not quite not quite a band because I like the idea of they they are literally narrating you know, something that's happened during the day. Like, Dear Diary, this happened right. today. Right, so it's
0: more of like a personal journal yeah. sort of thing. All right, fine. Let's go with that as long as the They're sequel. in a band. They can, be, they can be in a band. I guess they can be in a band. I was going to say as long as the sequel then, where we just use the same framing device to tell a different story, uh, is <laughs> it's a punk band. Um, no, okay. Uh, yeah, no, I like that. They They- they have a habit of essentially a personal journal that they dictate to, yeah, um, which wasn't uncommon.
1: Ooh, I'm just wondering if are these are these tapes originally set to to go to like a pen pal or something like that? Yeah, okay. Because there's something there about like you know you're telling what happened during today, and you can mm-hmm. sort of keep it as as very basic to start off with, but then things get a little bit. Crazier and crazier and crazier. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: I think this, this, let's, let's go with grandfather and you play, you know, Azuma, I guess, (laughs) essentially. But they've, the grandfather's been like uh, essentially missing. Like they went, nobody, nobody actually knows what happens to to them. Let's, let's say grandfather, but we'll make the player a girl. Yep. Just to keep that. Balanced to some degree, so yeah, he went missing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like at that time, I get like how
1: long ago? Um, I before you were born. Before you were born, um, like when your father slash mother, whichever whichever side of the family it is on, um, was about your age.
0: Mm, Okay, I like that because then you can create some emotional resonance with the parent.
1: Yeah, as well. identifying with the age of their child at this stage and... Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And then I think what... Uh, I think what happens is, yes, obviously you play through a lot of this stuff in the 80s. mm mm-hmm. um, But then you have, obviously, scenes in the 2020s. Uh And it ends with you finding the pen pal, like seeking out the pen pal that these were meant to go to. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they did go to and were sent back or whatever. You know. Yeah. Um,
1: what's that's weird what you about sort of, the pen pal?
0: What's weird about them? Well, where do they? Where did they live? Russia. Um, okay, Russian pen pal. Uh, they they connected through um, like a music magazine. Mm-hmm. that gets spread around like an underground magazine that somehow gets sort of worldwide. Yep. Or at least, I don't know, a copy found its way to I mean, the Australia, reason why I'm so saying Russian is because the
1: Cold War was still somewhat happening in in the 1980s, yeah. and I just think there's something about, about like, a, a pen pal oh, yeah. sort of- Well, it was very- in, Well, it would get In to- the Cold War that, you know- could have, you know, some of those fantastical elements as well because you're trying to talk up how how good your country is in comparison to...
0: Well, but I also think it would be a really good opportunity to better humanise a Russian uh, person living through that in yeah. Russia, like, at that time, uh, and and their perspective on it. And not that I obviously know much about it myself to... to go into that deeply now but uh i think that would be a good prompt there to to really yeah uh, make that a bit more interesting so all right from a from a gameplay perspective i feel like the 2020 set stuff is mostly sort of just uh adventure game-ish like Mm -hmm. as in dialogue going around dialogue based um it's kind of it is more like the slower paced uncharted stuff where it's more
1: story yeah you know Moving the story forward. That's why I kind of said um, uncharted because unlike a lot of the other sort of things around, you know, like Tomb Raider moves pretty quickly. There's no real time to to actually sit yeah. back and and no, relax. It's Whereas, like,
0: yeah, um, the Naughty Dog stuff, like Last of Us, as well.
1: They really know to to sit down and and let the um let the story just be. Yeah. And then have let then the characters have, have some, some, some sort time.
0: Of yeah, for okay. sure. And so, yes, then I think you, you go back to the 80s stuff. So what is that then? Is this them getting embroiled essentially in some danger? Like, I don't know. Cause I feel like if we're, particularly if we're citing the Naughty Dog stuff, then it's going to be more combat based in some way, or I guess
1: stealth and combat. Yeah. I, I'm kind of picturing that during during each of the tapes towards the end of it, it's almost as if this pen pal decided that things were getting a little bit too real or a little bit too boring. So it breaks into like this literally absolutely insane sort of story storylines, like spies just break in in the middle of something and then all of a sudden you're dealing with that and then, you know, it goes back to normal and you're like...
0: Oh, I love the idea. I love the idea that Either one or both of them were, yeah, like just totally playing it up and yep. embellishing and creating or or just even creating stories out of whole cloth. That's great. Actually, I like that. Do you have then, do you have both sets of tapes? Like, do you have the ones that your grandfather sent and the ones that were received from the pen pal? For for whatever reason, again, like the pen pal at some point sent all the tapes that they'd received back when they found out that the grandfather was missing or something, so that or, the family or could have you them. Can, or you can you can
1: just talk this away that they made a copy of each of their tapes. They've got all the pen pals tapes, but they also right. have like um you know a facsimile yeah, like of the yeah. of the other tapes.
0: Yeah, that's true. They're, you can just you can just paint the character as someone who would who would do that. Um, yeah, that's fine. All right, because then I'm wondering, Dan, are you playing through? Are you playing from the pen pals perspective at times as well?
1: Yes, I think you are. And they also have see the sort of sides. embellishing, like, at first it seems kind of normal that you, you're sort of going through each one and they're like, they're talking about how their day was at school and all this sort of stuff. But then at the end of one of them, like, they just, they go a little bit over the top over, as to what actually happened. I'm just imagining oh, yeah. how I, over the I, top I, by the end of this whole game, like... I think actually that's gotten. actually a
0: fantastic arc of framing it from the tw- from the 2020s. I'm going to say from the 20s, which is accurate, but still feels misleading. Um, <laughs> framing it from the 2020s, going back to the 80s to see these two perspectives of this maybe story 70s that and starts 80s, mundane. like
1: just breached yeah. those five six years. Yeah, or for whatever. sure.
0: Starts mundane, but gets like completely wacky like in that like just over the top spies and combat and fighting and whatever but then reaching the end where you finally hunt down this pen pal cuz you're like oh I, like this was this all went on the pen pal was responsible for my grandfather going missing or like they'll know where he is and you find them and they're still alive and they're just like we made all that up like, we were just having fun. Like, this was a role-playing experience for us where we'd send these tapes back and forth. I don't know where your grandfather is. Like... Or, or maybe, like, he co- he sent me one last tape. Like, do you have this one? And you, like, get this last tape. And it's a it's just a very somber one. And you find something out about that he just, like, left or whatever. Like, however you have him... Or he, or he did
1: die and... I was almost thinking that, like... The grandfather was hearing what was coming back from the other pen pal, and the the stories were kind of fantastical and all this sort of stuff. Like something major had happened to them, and then he's like, "I've got, to, I've got to, you know, top this." And then they're they're like, "I've got to top it." Oh yeah, it. but it turns I think out, they were that,
0: one- I out that yeah. like
1: everything that happened to to the pen pal actually happened, and your grandfather's <laughs> <was> just like, <laughs>
0: I don't know, I don't know. I I kind of like the emotional art of finding out it was all made up and you just get like you couldn't tell
1: when you know the president broke into your bedroom and told you that you had to you had to go you know rescue his daughter from from like well
0: if you do it if you do it in the right way (laughs) and build it up in the right way i like that and you're playing a video game right like as the player you're playing a video game. Why not? Like, this, you, it's always going to be this over the top stuff. So, I love the idea of this super, like, corny video game story essentially as it just gets, yeah, like one, they're one upping each other with each, <laughs> each tape. But then just at the end, just like bringing that down, um, and being like, yeah, that was a lot of fun. But, you know, we were just, we were just bored kids trying to make a connection and have fun, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. That's really good Okay Should we check in With Future Ben and Trev Yeah
0: How did that game sell Future Ben and Trev
1: It really didn't
0: It was a flop (laughs) Man (laughs) The the,
1: the team that built it Just fucked it Big time
0: Yeah Completely over budget Uh, They delayed it for years You know There's a whole bunch of hype around it That finally came out And the writing was sloppy it's a real shame Because for a killer idea They they really fucked up the execution yeah.
1: You should sue from the past Yeah um, Just don't let EA touch it Loot boxes all over the place
0: <laughs> Yeah Change the future Past Ben and Trev You can do it So yeah well Ben and nah, that's, that's a shame But I still like the idea So anyway
1: Let's move I on in here. I still didn't hear I tuned out
0: <laughs> <laughs> Trevor give me three words
1: Object, moon lease. Wait, lease or least? Lease, as in a a portion of the moon is up for lease. Yeah, okay.
0: I wasn't sure if you, it kept like cutting out at the end, and I wasn't sure if it was just like protecting me from a from a particularly sibilant or whatever. Nope, um, lease. Lease. Okay. Object, moon lease. Yep.
1: Um, cool. I mean, as soon as I saw moon, I started thinking about the man in the moon, but then I also started thinking about, ooh, what if you had a moon base and this is like a room for rent or room for lease on the moon <laughs> like and it's just too good to be true. So you're you've decided to move to the moon. Yep. You know, bit of a bit of a you know, space change as it were. You've moved off, off uh-huh. the Earth, and you've moved for, moved to the Moon, and it's and it's basically.
0: I do like this as a. So is this? I, I like that. We definitely definitely go that direction. Um, is this the first Moon base, or is this like people are settled on the Moon for I, I various think, reasons? I think,
1: and there's a. I think the Moon is fairly settled. Like okay, I mean you're, you're not talking the entire thing is just the huge bloody bubble now i'm thinking that there's different colonies sort of on the moon and you got some bad news from from your work on earth and all this sort of stuff you basically you couldn't afford the rent anymore and then you saw the this perfect apartment up on the moon that was within your price range and of course since since the 2020s everyone can just work remotely now
0: yep since the big COVID uh, pandemic of 2020 that pushed everyone to, to remote work, as we all know from our history books. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. No, I like that. So, is this sort of a situation of, is the moon a coveted place to live or is it more just that, do you have to like, is it like a work thing where, yes, you can move to the moon and as long as you work, you'll get like cheap rent and there's just not many spots or something. Like, wh- what, I guess, what is the...
1: Well, I think uh, community like I think rent is cheap on the moon because cost of living is actually a little bit more expensive cuz everything has to be imported. Yeah. You can't really grow any much shit on the moon. Like they haven't yeah, got agriculture got and all that sort of stuff. So everything has to be imported. So although the although the rents look really good it's because like the cost of living is through the fucking roof.
0: <laughs> okay, so is this essentially like the world's being overpopulated? We need to start moving people to the moon. Oh yeah,
1: and there's Mars, um, and, like, but the moons are actually- Like people have moved in there. Like, okay, I'm just if they
0: don't even have agriculture, like I feel like it's fairly early on that they haven't figured out a way to like.
1: No, it just so happens that like anytime they try to grow anything on the moon, it just it won't grow. All the other planets are fine. There's just mm, something okay. about the moon's soil, uh, okay, that is causing everything so is this to part just- of the mystery mis- yeah. Is this
0: part of the story? Then part of the story, oh, okay.
1: like yeah, effectively, you're you're trying to maybe you find some sort of MacGuffin slash object just sitting in the middle of your of your apartment that you know starts you down a down a path of. What's what's this object got to do with everything? Because it seems to have like some sort of weird radiation or something like that streaming from it. That only you seem to be able to see.
0: Yeah, could this well could this be some sort of thing where your character, like, inexplicably, you know, for nobody's ever been able to explain it, but you're just you've got a green thumb. You can make things grow. Yep. You you know, you you know the right amounts of stuff to give them and you're always uh, able to, to make plants thrive. And then, yes, we could, we could link that to some sort of object or just something to do with your character. And then the, the sort of arc of the story when you get there is bringing, you know, the ability for agriculture to the moon, uh, and solving this problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did like the idea of, because obviously you you invoked the idea of a sea change, and that made me think of the old Australian soap Sea Change, which I never actually watched, <laughs> but did I a like general idea of. <laughs> I'd like the idea of of having it semi mundane in that it's a it's about the change in this person's life yep. and the people that they meet there and the relationships that they have there. So it's not it's not necessarily this big grand story of them like saving the moon or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there is this undercurrent. You, you keep it a bit more low-key where they do they they start being able to grow stuff on the moon. And people are like, what the fuck? How did you grow that- Carrot. Tomato. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> And you're like, I don't know, uh, there was some dirt in my shoe on the trip over and there must have been a scene in there. I don't know. What are you talking about? Stuff grows. and
1: like not on the moon. It doesn't. And then you look around and, you know, you actually look outside where there's, you know, all this farmland and it's just like tumbleweeds of dust and, you know, all this sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, they've tried. Like,
0: They've tried and, and they use that for like entertainment area. They have rodeos and stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but they were the there. They were all the times that they attempted to grow things on the moon with all their different techniques in these huge, yeah, isolated moon bubbles or whatever.
1: Oh, I'm just imagining like because of the moon has no atmosphere and obviously you need to have- you know, an atmosphere to be able to grow shit and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. You're effectively creating greenhouses on the moon. And because yeah. only one yeah. side of the pl- of the moon faces the sun at any one time, like, all the time, basically, you know, it's yeah. kind of fucked up. I mean... It actually makes me wonder.
0: I wonder if that's beneficial. That...
1: It actually makes me wonder, with with the moon, the way it is, like... How does only one side of the moon end up with the sun on it? Does the moon stay no, where no, no. it is? Well, the,
0: the well, hang on, hang on. No, the moon's the moons, tidally locked to the earth. Yes. So, one side always faces the earth, but the, they, you get sun all the way around.
1: Does it? Because they I'm always show sure. the dark side of the moon.
0: Yeah, but that's- I mean, that's why we have the phases of the moon, right? Because the sun's hitting different parts of it from mm. our perspective. Um, I think it's the dark side of the moon because it's away from Earth. And, I mean, a lot of the light on the moon is reflected light from Earth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm curious now. I'm not sure...
1: Sorry, I've just derailed the yeah, podcast. Yeah, okay, no. <laughs>
0: that's okay. Sunlight does fall equally on all sides of the moon. Okay. Yes. It's just that one side is always away from the Earth. So, yeah, that's that's where that okay, comes from.
1: cool. Well, basically, you've got to be really careful when the sun's hitting your side of the moon because, like... It's fucking hot. <laughs> like there's no. Oh atmosphere yeah. Well, that's there, the thing. There's no t- atmosphere to stop that from happening. So they have to crank the air conditioning. <laughs> To, well i to think it's regulating 350
0: degrees of definitely just regulating temperature on the moon is probably <laughs> difficult when you've got these hydro bubbles or whatever now, now um, just
1: imagining like they're cranking the heating anytime the sun goes away and they're cranking the bloody air conditioning
0: <laughs> <The other side. laughs> it's an ecological disaster actually um, and for some reason, they're still just using fossil fuels on, on Earth and they're piping the electricity up there somehow. They haven't figured out how to make
1: electricity on the moon either. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that Tesla was right. And so there's just this massive, like, arcing. You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just a massive electrical arc between two fucking solar bodies. Essentially, Uh, that's really funny. Uh, anyway, I think the gameplay is, is, is mostly like dialogue based. Um, I think it's almost a bit of a, like life is strange kind of, kind of walk around and solve simple puzzles and do dialogue to tell a story.
1: And does have that like evergreen, like, um, mini game where you're growing shit. Hmm.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, you've got your little, uh, you've got your little plants in your, in your sort of apartment and you can, yeah, you can use a mini game to kind of grow yeah. them in different ways, turn them into meat eating plants and they attack people that come close. Mm-hmm. It's a few different Easter eggs in there. All right. Uh, I think we've got time for one or two more, depending on how long they go. So, oh, it's me, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh... You're going to go with Sleepy Twigs Heads
1: Sleepy Twigs Heads hmm.
0: So Twigs Heads made me think of Some sort of little like stick Insect like creature Yep. Maybe like a humanoid stick insect Sort of thing like a something made of Twigs and well, Looks like twigs So is this an
1: ancient being an ancient twig bee yes, hence why it's sleepy because it's awoken from like a very long slumber
0: mm is it a giant tree that's just awoken, and the t- the twig heads are all it's like little
1: minions mm. there's something about like we find out that one of the one of the islands you know in the Pacific Ocean or whatever happens to just be like the the top like the very tippy top of of like this ancient being and when it stands up, like it towers, and you can see it from anywhere you anywhere you are in the world and you see this massive fucking being. So you're
0: saying an island in the Pacific Ocean where it's just got a
1: huge mm-hmm. tree on it? Oh no, no, so when it's just the tippy top of of the of the um alien being, when it stands up, like it's a colossal like you can see it from anywhere you want in the in the world.
0: Oh, I see. Well, at least on that hemisphere. Um unless it goes through the entire core and its legs come out the other end. Oh that's a that's a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big boy. This is that a big tree boy? <laughs>
1: Essentially just wearing the earth like a suit. Um, <laughs> um head. It's like a transformer but a planet-sized Transformer. Planets in disguise. I'm just now imagining, like, (laughs) you're hearing this this sound, but because, you know, when you're so small and you're hearing this (laughs) sound, like, it
0: it takes
1: hours.
0: (laughs) I love the idea of showing... Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like, of showing that from just the average person's point of view as very slowly... This fucking robot that was apparently living in the
1: Earth's core—it is, it is the planet. Like everyone lives on, punches on its this way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just huge segments of the Earth's
1: crust, like detach and rotate into its shoulder it's, pads. It's the um, tectonic plates. They all sort of just fold yeah, up and, yeah. and you know become part of the body of this of this massive robot. It's a fucking, oh my god.
0: Does, uh, does your son play with Bakugan at all? Don't know what the fuck that is. It's like a poke, it's like it's sort of meant to be a Pokemon ripoff, but they're these little spherical things that when you smash them against the ground, they pop open into a creature. Uh. Um, and you can fold them back up into a sphere. So that's exactly what that reminded me of that these little, these different sections, the different tectonic plates, just like, yeah, unfold. And these other bits come out from the inside to be Mm -hmm. legs and arms and heads. (laughs) So is this, is this a game set on, like set in a city after this has happened? And so it's just like, oh, Sydney is now on this creature's shoulder Mm -hmm. and it's just traveling through space and it's like attacking other fucking planet robots. But because we're just a city living on its shoulder, we kind of just see it from a distance and hope that it survives and doesn't like that the entire planet doesn't get destroyed.
1: And thing is, we've got, uh, you know, Sydney, Melbourne, all that sort of stuff sitting up around, around the shoulder. You know, we're kind of more on the back. Um you just really wouldn't have wanted to be that country that ended up as the asshole.
0: Um yeah, well it has a fully functioning digestive system. We found out that the hard found that out the hard well, way. we didn't. <laughs> uh, no, we didn't. Yeah, it was it was unfortunately Florida uh <laughs> turned out to be not the not the dick of America but the asshole of the world. Uh <laughs> Sorry, Florida. <laughs> Whatever. Um well, I think what's probably more of a problem is if you ended up being like on this creature's fists, which it's now punching mm. Jupiter with. Yeah. Uh And
1: why would such a small planetoid would go after such a big planetoid like Jupiter? Like I mean he's just cocky. Yeah.
0: It's just Xander dog. Yep. Uh but you know when the thing is, it happens very slowly from our point of view. So, when the uppercut that uh, <laughs> the Earth being has been throwing for the last 20 years does finally- Connect. Uh, connect with Jupiter. Well, there are some, there are going to be some people in, in trouble if they don't evacuate in that really area. It really impressed planet.
1: me when in the game they decided that, like, they were going to attach the chain to the moon- flick a little switch and all these spikes came out of the moon and it became, like, this huge mace that you could just Yeah, it's like a around. flail thing. Yeah, yeah
0: totally. Uh, but again, like, this is all happening on a very large time scale. So, it's it, we hear the stories from our grandparents of when the spikes did erupt from the moon. Uh, and one day we will see the great earth being actually get to use it against them. Yeah, moon and
1: and so you, you can then you your character can then you know find out all the stuff that happened because you find these really cool cassette tapes and you just <laughs> yeah. you listen to the dictaphone stuff and it's like i think i think this whole game is just a fairly mundane
0: story where the backdrop is that
1: fantastical shit years, is just going on. 300 years
0: like, ago the planet started erupting into a into a transformer like creature and fighting other planets
1: yeah okay uh I'm going to go with one more final, what, three words? Because I feel like it. Yeah. Attend darker homes. Home? Homes. Homes. Attend
0: darker homes. Mm. Ooh. So, I mean, something to do with light and the interplay of light and shadow, perhaps.
1: Yeah, I'm picturing something along the lines of a solar eclipse that has lasted a okay. lot longer than what it should have. So oh, there's something sort of mystical and, and wherever you sort of are, like, and it just happens to be like in this, it feels almost that it's localized around you, that basically the moon oh. has sort of, because obviously like the solar eclipse is only going to work yeah. for that one sort of area.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, is it not a solar- Is it not an like a, a lunar eclipse um, or a solar eclipse where of Earth's shadow, you know, covering the sun? Is it
1: that some well, so, asteroid, Solar eclipse is, is where the moon eclipses over the sun because it's a solar eclipse. That, they, um, a lunar well, but, eclipse well, is different. where the, the moon shadow- Oh, the Earth's shadow is over the moon because it's an eclipse. Right, of course. There's no
0: Earth shadow on the sun because that doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> it's
1: the bigger fucking light source that just freaks you the fuck yeah.
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> For the first time, there's a there's an eclipse from the shadow of the Earth on the sun because a light source a hundred times <laughs> as bright has suddenly appeared in the sky on the opposite side. <laughs> it's uh, it's another star coming to fight our planet. Uh, <laughs> No, I, well, what I was going to say though is instead of a sort of a full eclipse, and this I'm sure this doesn't make sense with the way light bends and stuff, but I'm pitching the idea of like something smaller. So there's just a section of the Earth that is in shadow, and it's some um, it seems to be centering on you as a person always. Yeah, um, so it's just constantly between you and the sun, and you. And all the people in a,
1: I don't know, five hundred kilometer radius. Not even. Don't I, get I'm, any sun. I'm thinking anymore. that it's that it's probably more like a twenty kilometer radius. Like it's just this tiny little radius around you. Okay. Yeah. Um. So effectively, oh, when think, the sun I rises, I think for to work, it's it would need to be from the time that it comes up to the time. So it the goes thing down. that's
0: blocking the thing that's blocking that sun would have to be relatively close to earth. Yes. So I think it's more like a satellite of some, some sort. And I don't mean a man-made satellite, but just something that's orbiting yes. around the earth.
1: Like the moon is a satellite.
0: Yes, exactly. Um it's just geosynchronously locked to yes. you.
1: Or <laughs> tidally locked to you.
0: <laughs> no matter no matter where you travel on the earth, it's always above you and you have not seen the sun in like 7 years. So you're Okay You thought have got a lot of high concept ideas oh, yeah. in this episode So right? many
1: I'm loving it Loving it I kind of like the idea That you thought originally That you could become like The world's greatest burglar Um Because it's always dark <laughs> But then you realise That they yep. can just track They can track you all the time Because all you're gonna do Is just Track the darkness Oh
0: yeah They just They track that dark spot They know exactly where you yep. are
1: Uh Look He's driving across Melbourne Uh He's made it to the western suburbs. He's in St Albans. It's centered <laughs> right They'd probably here. ban you.
0: <laughs> By this point, you'd probably be banned from all urban centres. Like they've banished you out to to some unpopulated area, and all all the all that's there are like the certain subset of people who are happy to live in almost constant uh, uh, darkness. And I say only say almost because I don't know you're allowed a trip out once a month or something. <laughs> Ooh,
1: okay. So, because they didn't want, uh, well, because they didn't want it, you know, hurting too many people. Basically, all the all the groups got together in the world, and they basically said, "We're going to send you down to Antarctica, where there's only you know a a small research group, but you're going to yep. be working with them the whole time, because you know what, we've got this this idea for." This nighttime study of how you know night affects right, wildlife so and all this sort of stuff in this.
0: So you so you move to a place where it's sunny, whatever the percentage of the year is. Yep. All the all day all year round, like all uh, twenty four hours a day. Uh, and essentially, this 20 you just K- fuck up. You fuck up the local
1: yep. ecosystem, <laughs> so they can study it. But then it turns out that you are required, maybe, this is yeah. going to go even, even more high concept, um, you are required to come back to the city to help take out a solar-powered enemy. A la Nuclear, <laughs> Nuclear <laughs> Man in um, Superman 4, Quest for Peace. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're just like, you need to get on his back and you need to hang on. Forever. Yep. Because. And now he just lives with you. (laughs) I just just literally had the idea that. (laughs) So, yes, all that stuff happened in the past. Like, the backstory is inexplicably this alien object is falling around, 20 kilometer darkness thing. You were in Antarctica for a while. Now you're back because you had to fight this fucking sun powered creature. But the game starts, and you're roommates. <laughs> like, they're not... They're not and powered like anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <And> <laughs> no one else gets that. That's just, that's just a no just for us. No one else will get it. Yeah.
0: That's all right for a class. Um, but yes, essentially... <laughs> i didn't i wasn't even making that connection <laughs>
1: oh <God>. oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ <cross. laughs>
0: um, you you came back and you defeated them you t- you sapped their power but it didn't kill them it just took away their power and so your job now like you get a stipend
1: from the government i think it but i you, think it not only took away the power leave- but it also took away the anger.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, maybe that came from the power. It's this, power corrupted. You know, this sunlight burning inside them, giving them this this you know strength and and rage. But yes, you you have by the world. The world government has is forcing you. You cannot leave. You cannot be more than twenty kilometers essentially away from <laughs> Solar Man.
1: <laughs> what I love is that um, both you and him have like ankle bracelets and you know it starts (laughs) if if you you get get too far 10 kilometers away (laughs) definitely
0: (laughs) and so i think this is very much a chill game um where you you maybe even give a lot of that backstory up up front in the prologue um, in the intro, but then it's kind of you and him in oh. this town and the few people who like to, who want to stay there in the darkness. You, and you, you can sort of and do talk to them
1: and- like the intro to Watchmen where, you know, something happens and then you show like these scenes of these, all the things yeah. that have happened in the, ba- in the in the past and it's sort of like just these, um, 3D photos almost that the camera is sort of yeah. panning across.
0: Yeah, yeah, like the giving a nice parallax effect on these illustrations or photos. Um, you know, yeah, so it's got you afraid because you can never, you know, get out in the sun again. You in Antarctica bored as, as scientists do the things around them. You finally getting some excitement as you like, lo- you know, l- get close enough to Solar Man. And then you and Solar Man smoking weed on the couch for the last yeah. two years. Uh, and, and, and you know, making friends in this in this small town Maybe you've, you're in this town It started with just the two of you But people have been sort of migrating to you slowly And so now it's a town of about, I don't know, 75 people Who are all happy to live in constant darkness Oh, they're
1: all stoners For various reasons They're all stoners
0: They're all stoners <laughs> yeah, They've the, got the, the hydroponic labs And, town.
1: you know, they're all happy with that Because they've got the UV lights there and all that sort of stuff
0: Yep uh, yeah and then it just It's kind of just, I'm, I'm almost got a Like night in the woods Kind mm-hmm. of vibe uh, When you just wander Around the town You have different things happen You meet people You got dialogue You got funny stuff Interesting story
1: Solve a few puzzles Yeah I like it You know what I reckon we've got to Check in with future Trev and Future Ben One more time Just to see how that one went <laughs> One
0: to- last time Oh you went too far uh, I don't What's a video game? I've forgotten
1: uh, Podcast? Oh uh, shit oh. Yeah, we only did 223 episodes of that thing Oh god
0: Oh yeah We Trevor and I, we had a huge falling out
1: We were flatmates, but we didn't like each other uh, It was uh, terrible It was yeah, terrible Pass them, we'll get it you-
0: uh, anyway, I don't want to see this guy again Fucking, fuck yeah, up. I'm hanging up
1: it, Oh What shit. the fuck happened there? 223 episodes, oh look, I listened this time Trevor, we've only got one episode left Unless we change the future Tune in next week to see if we change the future
0: So anyway, thanks for joining us this week on Bitstorm. If you want to find us online, you can go to podchats.com slash Bitstorm and leave us a review. It'd be
1: great. Uh, also, like to thank Courtais for the use of the song, man, to find that the album continuing behavior. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And Trev,
0: you're not moving in. No oh, fuck. We <laughs> saved <laughs> We saved the future.